schedule, you would have to remind me. I almost forgot. No, I didn't. It was a terrifying night. Very sad indeed. Justin Michael, DNVR Rams, going to join us now. We're having him on again two times in a row. Justin setting the record here. Uh, Justin, man, that was... Dude, that was a kick in the teeth. I mean, that just, there's really no other way to put it. That was awful. Awful way to lose a game. Yeah, man, it's it's been a tough week, obviously. Really, three games in a row where you were right there in it and played pretty good defense, um, at least in the second half. But, yeah, to come all the way back from down 11 at halftime to, to find a way to, you know, really just keep going man because they for a long time it felt like one of those games where you could only get within five or six and that was all they were going to do and then they ultimately tie it with a great shot from Isaiah I felt like if they go to overtime all the momentum is in CSU's favor but kind of a defensive lapse and a really key moment there and what's frustrating is that the second time in a week where you lose a game where you're right there in it and, like, you don't stop the ball at all. And he, he banked a, a half-court shot in Jared Lucas, so credit to him. That's a crazy shot. But to let that guy get it off that cleanly and to go down like that after everything you did to tie the game, it's, like you said, man, it's just gut-wrenching. What can you tell us about that last that last play? Uh, Nico calls the t- timeout. And, and there are some Rams fans that weren't crazy about that. I mean, given what happened after the New Mexico game, I 100% agree with calling a timeout. Um, but you're, you're obviously having discussions. You're saying don't foul. But uh, it looked like, and I think you shared this out on, on, on X too, Justin, it just looked like there was confusion on that final shot against Lucas. Yeah, it it looked like Lake thought that Cartier was going to pick up Lucas and Cartier thought that Lake was, and they both kind of did, but neither really contested the shot. He was able to get a, a running start. You know, if anything, just get in front of him. You definitely don't want to foul him. And it was a foul fest. So I, I get why you're maybe a little bit uh, uneasy about, you know, trying to contest the shot just because they called 34 fouls mm. in the second half alone. It was, it was wild. But I asked the players, and unfortunately the players we got post-game were not Jalen, were not Patrick, but neither Isaiah or Joel really thought that there was like a defensive lapse or anything like that. Um, I asked Medved as well, and you know he, he mentioned he'd have to go look at it again. I'm sure you know they wish he, they would have slowed down his momentum a little bit more. But yeah, like I didn't get any great answers post-game on what happened, but... I mean, you got to credit a, a great player for making a great shot. I'm not trying to to rail CSU here or anything. It's just it's it's a really disheartening way to go down. And obviously, given the the circumstances and what's at stake for this team now, you're in a really tough spot. Like you really have not been on the bubble at any point this season. Even now, I, I think if today was Selection Sunday, CSU would be an NCAA tournament team, but it's not. And now you have to play. Back-to-back Q4 games, both are regional rivals who are always going to be gunning for you. And then you got to play day one of the Mountain West Tournament, and that's going to be a Q3 game at best. Any of those losses could potentially be what, you know, keep you out of the NCAA Tournament. And after everything that we've done this season, that's just a, a really wild spot to be in. And a lot could happen, you know, who knows. But, man, the pressure is on. They have to win these last couple games. No, they got to find a way, and, and again, it's against two teams 
they should beat. They'll be favored to beat, but Wyoming did beat them, and Air Force, they, they go to overtime. Kind of a miraculous situation there to force overtime, and then the Rams run away with it. So it's not impossible. That's why last night was just so critical. Uh, you know, We've said it all year, rule number one, win at home, and when you lose at home and you're not able to win on the road, uh, you put yourself in a position here where you got to win these final two games. You might have to do something in the tournament, Justin. I mean, if you're, I don't think you can lose day one. Okay, there you go. I was just going to ask. You basically, you, you got to win three games, right? I mean, it's 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 basically tournament time for CSU. More or less. I mean, a lot can happen, so I, I don't want to speak definitively. Obviously, maybe you know they go two and maybe they win these last two. If they lost in Vegas in a certain way, they could be like a a play-in team or something like I don't know, but we aren't that far removed from them being talked about as a potential four or five seed pretty consistently had been in that five, six, seven range for the majority of the season to, to go from that to potentially being a playing team or awfully, you know, not in the tournament at all. That'd be the worst case scenario. That would just be such a bummer given the talent of this team. And, you know, it's Isaiah Stevens last run. I'd, I honestly think they'll figure it out. They're playing really good defense. I guess not in a key situation, unfortunately, last night. But they're they're hanging in every game. They're competitive. But the inconsistency with the offense now for the entire month of February, it's what's, it's what's held them back. And it's just so weird because I never would have guessed the offense would be the issue for this group. No, and, and you look at um, you, the, the Rams were trying to, and I, I thought they had solved it. You know, they were starting to get to the paint. They're just, Justin, there just looked like there was confusion when you did get the ball in the paint. Quickly, Nevada's getting that double team on them. Because at this stage, if you're guarding CSU, you're going to say, hey, you haven't been making threes. So we're going to let you three, shoot threes. We're going to double down in that paint. And I'm just looking for maybe quicker decisions once that ball gets down there. Um, there was a couple of times, and I thought Joel Scott did that really well once. Right before the double team came, he got off a quick shot. You either got to get off a quick shot or you take the double team and then find somebody. So um, it is that part of it was frustrating, just how it was handled. I felt like the Rams were starting to get there, get in the paint, but uh, unfortunately it just wasn't enough, consistently enough throughout the game. Yeah, and I, I do think to an extent with how many fouls were called, it probably hurt the flow of both offenses at times, just because how can you get any momentum going when you have a whistle every four or five seconds? It was it was crazy how that all played out. And, and I do think it was a really physical game. I, I want to make that clear. I was critical of the officiating. I also know that's a tough spot. I just didn't feel like they did a great job of gauging the game or like gaining control of it you just call every little thing and it, it turned into a free throw shooting contest and fortunately for csu nevada missed some crucial free throws yeah. down the stretch yeah i mean just the fact that the rams even had an opportunity came down to lucas missing a couple which you never guessed but in the uh, peak csu luck at least of late you know it, it goes full circle and they they lose a heartbreaker but it's to a good team, you know, at the end of the day, it's not like a resume killer, like I said, but it just, it puts so much more pressure on you going into these last couple of games than you would have ever hoped for. I think that's the key right now. Um, you know, there's going to be, there's the Rams fan waking up this morning that's saying the sky is falling. I'm never watching sports again. And then there's the other Rams fan that's like, It'll, it's all good. Well, the truth is in, in, in between, because you lost that game, it doesn't mean you're out, but the pressure 
is on, and you have to beat a Wyoming team that, hey, they had a weird season, obviously a, a terrible situation last week with uh, three of the student-athletes. This is a team that can go, hey, we can at least have a feel-good end of the season. Uh, you know, and They still have the tournament and all that as well, but as far as the regular season goes, we can sweep CSU, and that would be a nice little fourth-place prize for us, even though we didn't have the season we wanted. So that's going to be a hungry basketball team. Yeah, I mean, nothing would, would give that group more satisfaction than, than to sweep the Rams and obviously play spoilers to their postseason potential. And the, the tricky part is, you know, you very mel- you very uh, well may be playing one of these teams for a third time in Vegas. And, you know, let's say you beat Air Force in the spring, you might have to turn around and play them again for a third time in the tournament. And even if you win in the spring, it's just tough to beat anybody three times. I think you're really hoping for like a Fresno State or even a San Jose State. And all these teams can be frisky, you know, in certain situations. But that, there's just so many different elements now that you have to pay attention to that you wouldn't have had to if you simply like won this game. It's amazing how the season tells so many different stories. I mean, there for a while in, in the non-con schedule, Justin, we talked about yeah, this. Could this be the best Rams team ever? I mean, they they had monster wins, and then obviously Isaiah Stevens is such a sensational player, maybe the best ever for Colorado State. But then you get into conference play. Unfortunately, it happened. Like I know you've said, we've said this. It, it's going to be a battle. Um, every single night's going to be a battle, and unfortunately, CSU. They're they're co- they're going to come out of this either way, banged up, man, and it's going to look like they've been in a fight. This conference is ridiculous. It's unforgiving, as Medved said last night, and that's very true. It's not like they've gotten blown out or have been embarrassed in any of these games, but at some point, the the losses really start to put you in a vulnerable position, and that's the spot they're in now. The thing about numbers, though, some is sometimes you know the. The variants can come back and, and work in your way come postseason time. We don't know that. We shall see. Offensively, they were the the best offense in the Mountain West in non-conference play. Now they've been one of the most inconsistent throughout league play. Maybe it flips back the other way. Maybe it's just more of what we've seen in league play. I really don't know at this point. I I thought I knew what was going to happen with this team a couple months ago. Like you know the uh, top three team at worst in the league certainly push for the title and they were they were in the mix but I just I never thought that this group after the start that they had would be in this spot and that was even with the respect that I had for the Mountain West I I thought it would be a bloodbath I just I thought a couple more of these maybe 50-50 games would have gone CSU's way. Justin Michael joining us from DNVR Rams. Justin um what what is it? Is is it as easy to just say they're not making shots, or what is it offensively that is really the 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 issue for Colorado State at this point? Shot making is definitely a big part of it. I think on a night where both teams defended really well, and I, I would say this for the last three losses, all of the teams defended pretty well. All these teams are playing hard. They've got good athletes. It just feels like outside outside of Isaiah Stevens they don't really have anybody stepping up and making the difficult shots the way that, you know, how many times last night did Nevada get a tips ball out on an offensive rebound and then they cash a three. Nobody else outside of Stevens is is consistently at least 
really making these shots. And Neek hit a big shot late, which was huge. He had that massive corner three. They just they need more of that, but it's not just that. I mean, there are times where it feels like it just gets stagnant. They had a ton of turnovers in the first half. They were much better in the second half, but it, it just feels like altogether they're not executing. I, I don't know. I guess I sound like a coach right now, but it just it feels like it's a, a combination of things depending on the night. But I do think that shot making is a big part of it, and they need to get Neat Clifford and Patrick Cartier back to the level that they were performing in the non-conference league. Cause Joel Scott's been awesome. If they can get all these guys rolling at the same time, the team becomes so dangerous, but you had Isaiah go for 23 last night. Joel Scott went for 15, you know, Josiah Strong had two Jalen Lake had three. Bemba had six. Like they just need somebody to step up and start making some plays. Yeah, well, they got to make some plays now. They got Wyoming next and a trip to Air Force to finish the season. And as you said, there's pressure in the tournament as well. Justin, my man, what are you working on? I know more recap stuff that we can catch from uh, DNVR Rams throughout the day. Yeah, I'll have some takeaways from last night. Just, you know, kind of what the Rams did well, what went wrong, all of that. I'll probably have some type of column just on you know now what's at stake for csu moving forward i already kind of wrote a piece going into the nevada game but now the context has changed even more as we've talked about you know the the pressure is on so a lot coming your way uh, i'll have an interview with Susie wargen coming later this week so that's going to be fun lots of podcasts to, uh, always busy man thanks for having me on all right my friend we'll talk to you soon thanks justin later justin michael dnvr rams uh let's see we got the text line up Texter from, uh, where is it, where is it, load here from the 970. I have got to disagree completely with the last play analysis. As a defense, you're totally fine letting him take a half-court shot. What you can't do is play any defense that comes comes close to giving him three free throws to win the game. You know, you, you have to still get a hand up in the air, though. I mean, you, you still have to get something. I'm, Angel, these guys... Division one college basketball players that can score, NBA players that can score. There's there's always a chance they can make a half court buzzer, dude. Steph Curry changed that. You know, this is something players work on. So I do think you have to get some defense out there. But yes, you don't want to be extremely aggressive. You don't want to be aggressive at all. You got to go straight up. You can't let them get into you at all. So you do have to give them the space. It it looked like to me though, was it Lake or Strong on that? Maybe it was Lake. I think Justice said it was Lake with Cartier. And yet both guys were like, who's got him? And at one point, Cartier kind of had to like move the player over there. So I didn't love it, but I do get what you're saying, Texter. Like you, you cannot, you can't end the game by touching him. They were calling fouls like crazy too at the end, of, especially in the second half. So yeah, it looks like Nevada set like a pseudo screen with one of their big guys, um, and you just run up the sideline, and you know. That's an incredible shot just because what are the odds that's going to go in? What are the odds it's going to bank in? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, were they playing for overtime? Just don't yeah. foul. Don't touch him. Don't foul. Leave him alone because the refs were calling fouls. The The refs were calling a ton. What did Justin say? 34 fouls. It was just it was a rough, it was a rough situation. And then it sets up where Lucas, who's a 91% free throw shooter, Missed three out of four to give you that opportunity to get in. And then Isaiah, of course, does Isaiah things. He makes that shot. 
with, what, 2.8 seconds left. Nico calls a timeout. I don't disagree with calling the timeout because, Angel, I don't think they called a timeout against New Mexico. New Mexico just drove down and Dent, I like to call him Harvey Dent, went in uncontested and just makes a layup. So I, I do 100% agree with calling a timeout, but you just got to be pretty, you got to be crystal clear what that defense is going to look like. Yeah, and I'm just watching the replay again. When the ball's inbound, three CSU players are going back to their side of the court. Do you maybe play more press there? Yeah, maybe you, try to trap low? You risk a foul, and they had no fouls to give. I mean, what would be more devastating? A half-court shot for a win, which it was, or you barely touch the guy and the ref calls a foul, and the best, one of the best free-throw shooters in the conference just has to make one. Mm-hmm. So I get not getting aggressive. You just Big Hub says, hey, he was getting down the court without any defense, but that last shot was pure luck. Yeah, at some point you just kind of say, they're not going to make it. We're not going to get aggressive. If they do, I guess we live with that. But what are the, what are the chances? I'd love to know the odds of making a half-court shot. Like, What are the odds for a, a college basketball player to make a half-court shot? And then to bank it in, no less. So I, uh, I, I would have liked to see a little bit more, or I guess less confusion on that final play. But I do understand. I'm sure that in, in the huddle at that timeout, Nico was saying, you cannot foul him. Do not foul anybody. Don't touch anybody. You got to just let him get the basketball and let the cards fall, fall where they may. It's basically a one in a hundred chance. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. That's wild. That is, that is wild. Banking it probably is less Ugh. than that. God, it sucked. I predicted they'd win, too, when they were down like seven. And people are like, you're crazy, man. What are you smoking? And I thought, here we go. We're going to go overtime. If they go to overtime, I'm pretty confident CSU finds a way to win. They're going to get all the momentum. They're at home, too. But that loss is not good. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, again, what I preach in this show is logic. You got one Rams fan who's like, I, I hate sports. I hate it. I hate this team. I don't ever want to watch sports ever again. It's stupid. And then you got the other Rams fan that's like, they're in. It's fine. It's all good. It's all good. It's whatever. It's basketball. It's fine. No, 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 no. The truth is in the middle. Okay, this is still a really good basketball team that has struggled offensively the last five, six games. And but there is concern that you're not going dancing. There absolutely is. Now you just have to win. You you, you screwed around. Now you're in a situation where you can't lose anymore. You can't lose to Wyoming. You lose to Wyoming. It's over. Goodbye. You lose to Air Force, it's over. Goodbye. Justin even said, hey, if you lose in the first round of the Mountain West Tournament, it might be over. So you might be looking at three wins. Yeah, I think Lenardi had him as a seven seed yesterday going into that game. I think today they're probably anywhere from nine to 15. So today they're in, Yes, but you have two games left. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're in that weird in-between between you're not going to be a top eight seed, you're not in the play-in teams yet, but you're right in the middle between there. Texter says, I felt way worse after the New Mexico, Wyoming, and even the San Diego State game than I do after this one. Just a lucky shot. You shake your head and go play kickball. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe do something like that again. It worked for them. They came out to the gates and won, what, four in a row after that. Maybe they should go play some kickball. Here, here's where I'm frustrated. I mean, watching this game, get it in the paint, but then know what the hell you're doing when you get in the paint. Because if you're if you're if you're Wyoming or Air Force and you're scouting CSU right now, I'm gonna let you shoot threes until you prove you can make it. 
It's the paint I'm worried about. Your head coach's philosophy is like the three, love the paint. So anytime Joel Scott gets the ball in the paint, Patrick Cartier gets the ball in the paint, or Memba gets the ball in the paint, I'm doubling, and I'm taking my chances. So when that double comes, don't put your head down and grind and try to get a foul call and go up there aggressively. You either If the double comes and you haven't done anything with it, you have to take your time. Someone is open. I mean, it's a math problem, Angel. There's five defenders on the floor, and two of them are on one guy. Somebody's open. The other thing is, if you're going to get the ball, get it quickly. Do something with it. Get to the rim. Because the, the problem was is that they were in, indecisive in the, in the paint. And you were able to see a double team just swarm almost every time. I think Joel Scott, I mentioned it to Justin, he was able to quickly, he got the ball in the paint, boom, make a move. Be decisive. And that's where the rest of the way, you have to see this Rams team really work on that decision-making ability. This is why I talk about Joker so much and what they teach in Serbia. When you get the basketball, I'm going to shout out a number quickly, and you got it. This is what you got to do. You're either you're either cutting to the basket, you're either throwing it back up top, you're either finding a guy across the floor, or you're putting a pull up and take a quick shot. You have to be decisive, and that's what will kill you. And that's unfortunately what we saw with the Rams last night. And now you got to win. Now you got to win. I don't know. I, I feel pretty bad about that one. Uh, the Wyoming game is probably the worst one. I don't know. The 11 points in the second half against San Diego State, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Some just be, awful losses, though. Just, like, heartbreaking losses. Yeah, the buzzer beaters are painful. It's like, oh, we don't even have a chance to really respond. The The Wyoming fiasco that happened there, that's just, that's not even basketball. No, that's that just was. Complete collapse. That was just weird. And then, the, what was it, the 11-point game in the second half? Yeah, San Diego State. Yeah. That was bad. That's see to me that one's worse because that's just bad basketball in the second half. The Wyoming thing with a minute left. What are the odds of that happening ever again? Um, the New Mexico game that sucks, but again it was close. San Diego State was an entire half. Uh, however, as a team, I always felt like if I was a coach. I would almost rather get blown out than lose butter buzzer beater sometimes. Or in football, I'd rather have a Hail Mary. Or I'd rather be blown out than a Hail Mary. Because at least I can go back to the film and go, this is where we went wrong, this is where we went wrong, this is where we went wrong. If it comes down to a last-second shot, it's like, we did everything right. Or at least in that final five minutes or whatever to, to, to tie the game. So, difficult time for Colorado State. And now they got to win. Got Wyoming and Air Force coming up 28 minutes after the hour. Let's take a short break. It's the whole show powered by Chevron on Northern Colorado's Voice 103.1 at 1310 KFKA. Your home for UNC basketball. 103.1 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. This is Brian Howell, Colorado Buffalo's beat writer for the Buff Zone, and you are listening to The Whole Show on 1310 KFKA. I want to thank On The Rocks Liquor. Got our game beer of the week. That's a good tune right there. Good job, Angel. That That's just solid work by you. Birthed Brewing. It's a Scottish ale. That's our game beer of the week. Also, they're tasting on Friday. 
They've got, they're working with the Hart Distillery out of Windsor, um, and they've got this this Russian coffee liquor that they're going to be serving, and then their bourbon as well. So, yeah, check that out. I've heard some really good things about the Hart Distillery. So, On the Rocks Liquor, got their free wine tasting coming up on Friday. Russian coffee? Is that just coffee with vodka? Russian coffee liqueur or something like that? Yeah. So, it probably tastes like coffee. It's probably you put something in it. Quick way to wake up. Yeah, it is. A quick way to start your weekend and do it at On the Rocks Liquor, half a mile south of Highway 34 on 47th Avenue. Always check out our game beer of the week, in this case, from Berthet Brewing. It is a Scottish ale, 34 minutes after the 11 o'clock hour. Uh, let's go, Angel. I didn't get to this. We had Justin on. Great, great stuff from him. Let's get to our um, Good, the Bad, the Ugly, presented by FMS Bank, Banking Made Simple. For more on FMS Bank, check them out online at fmsbank.com slash KFKA. The good for me, how about the Colorado Avalanche? The Avs get a big win last night. Nathan McKinnon was sensational. Uh, Alexander Georgiev was sensational. And uh, get the dub. Yeah, Georgie was good for like 98% yeah, of this game. Yeah, yeah. First minute they scored, I got scared. You were a little worried. Well, you got McKinnon. You got McKinnon. His home point streak is now at 29 games, and he's too shy of 100 for the season. So, Nathan McKinnon, man. He's good. Yeah, he's pretty good at the whole uh, the whole ice hockey thing. Uh, the bad for me was the Rams' loss. The ugly was the way they lost. Not that it was an ugly performance or whatever. It just, come on. Lucas is a 91% free throw shooter. He misses three of four. It felt like the basketball gods were saying, here you go. Here you go, Rammies. You've had a weird week. Your athletic director's gone. There's drama going. Here you go. Here's a nice little W. Not the case. I don't think that's how they work. It's not how it works. They're they're gearing up for March. So they got to like, hey, let's let's get a warm up here. A little (sighs) trial run. March Madness. By the way, if you bet on March Madness, you're insane. Because there's no... Predicting games is tough anyway, but predicting games in March Madness, that's the kind of stuff you're going to see every single night. I don't know how, I don't know why, but no matter what happens, and this season's been unpredictable, I'll give you that, but a lot of seasons are predictable. There are some, uh, some seasons are predictable, but no matter what happens, you get into March Madness, doesn't matter. You're the best team? Nope. Don't care. Don't care. Weird teams that you've never heard of. Are gonna Bill Nye the Science Guy School is gonna come in and win five games in the tournament? You know, it's just That's nuts. Almost That's almost a championship. A lot of times it does round out though, where you when you get to the Final Four, it's like okay, all of these teams we could see making it here. Maybe there's one or two favorites that are out, but it's the first couple of weekends. It's just it's a madness. That's why they call it that. I wonder. You think? You think so? I think so. 37 minutes after the hour. That's the good, the bad, the ugly, presented by FMS Bank. Sean Payton was speaking yesterday. George Payton was speaking. We got heated yesterday about Russell Wilson. Listen, either way you want to slice it, it wasn't inappropriate for the Broncos to ask him anything. I was going to ask, did you get yourself clear on that? or no? (sighs) Yeah. I know you put it to bed at the end of the show. Clear as mud. But it was one of those things that I knew was going to stick with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't... Here's the thing. They asked him to move stuff around. Was I 100% on it yesterday? I, Our boy Dixon's probably like, yeah, that's right. 
it wasn't how Russ is making it sound. Still, you're asking a player to to not get as much money. That, that is that what we need to kind of if we just want to summarize it and explain it to people and myself probably like I'm five. The Broncos asked Russ to do them a solid. He's like, no, this is my contract. Okay, fine. And that's what happened. The problem with it is how Russ is interpreting the entire story. Saying that the NFL contacted the Broncos and said that was illegal. That's the biggest part of this, the biggest takeaway. And then he says he wants to come back. You don't believe him. We don't believe him. He doesn't want to come back. He's going to get more money if he sticks around. It's easier. You don't have to move. You know, you can take your house off the market and stay put. It's it, Yeah, that part's more. I, I don't think Sean Payton and Russell Wilson like each other at all. I think they tried. I think they went to the basketball game. I think at first Russ was pushy on Sean Payton, wanting to call him every five seconds. And then at that Nuggets game, when they were at the Nuggets game courtside, I think it was Sean Payton that was constantly in Russ's face showing him things. I don't think they like each other. Sean Payton has done a lot in the media to, to outwardly express how he feels about the, all the things that Russ is doing. And what did Russ do on social media yesterday? He put his little workout video in. No, you weren't right, Dixon. <laughs> you weren't wrong, maybe. Can we say that? No, no. No arch nemesis music. Dixon was not right. He's never right. In the name of Nemesi, he can never be right, Angel. You can't speak that kind of evil into the world. But he maybe he wasn't wrong. Can we say that? We talked about bias today on the morning show. Oh. So it was Dixon's bias. Yes. Coming in a little bit. Yeah, it was. That's why. It's confusing. And my brain can only bring in so many things. At a time, at a time, Angel. It's just a lot. In fairness, you were you're a smart dude, and you were kind of like, eh, eh. It, it, yeah, it sounded like Russ just got his words mixed up, and whether or not that was a scripted response, because I think knowing Russ, he was scripted. probably practicing that his, in his mirror podcast in the mirror. Yeah, probably in one of his eight bathrooms. So mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. knocking, hey, Dad, I need to go. He's like, well, just give me a minute. I'm, I'm working on this. Yeah, yeah. I, I he said it wrong, and that does put the put the shed some negative light on the Broncos. Not saying they don't deserve to have some negative light shed on them. Be, you got to be careful with that word. Um, they don't. Not saying they don't deserve it, Angel. Sean Payton, I, people are making it like, Brady, you think Russ is the bad guy in all this? I think Sean Payton is the bad guy all the time. But in this scenario, going out on podcast and then saying, I would love to be back there and win all these Super Bowls, you sell, you don't, it doesn't sound good. It just doesn't, it's not a good look. So, is Russ the bad guy in all of it? Were the Broncos right to ask him to edit his contract? I don't think they were wrong. But Russ was absolutely not wrong to say, go pound sand. No way. I'm not doing that. But coming out and blasting the Broncos and saying the NFL told him that that was illegal, basically making the Broncos look foolish. Maybe they are. Maybe the truth will come out at some point. Maybe the NFL. But according to Mike Florio, the NFL did not reach out to the Broncos. More on Sean Payton. A lot of th- Dude, I, I tell you what. They're not going to re- release him early. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. They're going to wait as long as they possibly can now. Russ, you want to go on and blast us and put your little workout videos on as a slap, to the fa- a slap in the face? 
Yeah, we'll hang on. We'll make sure you miss wave one, two, and three of free agency. 42 ties. Uh, 42. I'm reading the. I'm reading. Cut ties and let's move on. 42 minutes after the hour. Angel, let's jump out real quick and get the latest on the local sports flash. Hey, this is Ellison Hubbard, former CSU Ram, and you're listening to The Whole Show on 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Welcome back into the whole show, powered by Chevron. We're on Northern Colorado's Voice, 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. Eastside Chris. Brady, this rust thing needs to go away. He put two exclamation points there. Angel, that is yelling, right? That's yelling. Seems like he's on a pro day combine event. First the podcast, which was basically the interview, and now the scripted video showing his athletic ability. Cut ties, and let's move on. Yes, it is time. There is zero chance he's coming back. Zero. Ties can be expensive. (laughs) They sure can. They sure can. Um, if Russ wants a couple of more, a couple more Super Bowls, he should go back, back up Mahomes. <laughs> That's pretty good. Would that make Dixon happy if Patrick gets injured? Be an all right backup if you get him for the right price. Is he a starter anymore? Is there, are his starting days done? Would he, yeah. Would he be good in Pittsburgh? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard to say because I don't know what their head coach is. I mean, wait, Tomlin is staying. So what's that dynamic like? I think Pittsburgh has talent on their offense, but will Russ mesh in Pittsburgh with that type of personality? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. They're very – I mean, he's a hardworking guy, and Pittsburgh's a very hardworking type of fan base. You know, they're, they're gritty and made of steel and all that. and. He's made of Wolverine blood. Yeah. So that kind of works. Wolverine has metal in his body. That's so. true. That is a pretty good, weird con- connection there. But that could work. Hmm. Uh, Dixon, one question. Do you think Russ was lying when he said they said they would bench him if he didn't agree? If you answered no, that's all you need to know. The relationship was over at that point. Do I think that Russ is lying about them saying, hey, we're going to bench you if not? I don't, I don't. I don't think you make something like that up. Do you? That's pretty extreme. No, and just thinking back how the season was going at that point, you ask him because, you know, okay, maybe we're like a game away from tanking this thing, so let's just figure out the rust thing. Hey, we're winning games now. Let's maybe maybe we get the playoffs, and maybe then we can talk restructuring. But then the last three games happen, and it's okay, now we're stuck. Listen, Angel, I don't trust any of these people right now. George Payton seems nice, I guess, but I don't, based on this— Yeesh. He's a business guy. Yeah. He's the business guy. He's going to look at business first. And that's why I don't have a problem with him asking if that's exactly how it went down. But Russ is telling it differently. I don't trust Russ now. I I darn sure don't trust Sean Payton. I think there's a difference between asking a benching with nine games versus three games. Because of where they were at in the point in the season. And then for George Payton to say... That his discussion with Russ's agent and then Sean Payton's decision to bench Russ at the end are two totally different events. Had nothing to do with each other. Come on, dude. Come on. Is there really a chance that those two things had nothing to do with each other? I mean, did Sean go in in midseason and say, hey, maybe we need to think about benching Russ? Or was it them 
going to Sean Payton and say, hey, this is getting out of control. We need you just to bench him for two weeks. I don't know. I don't, because it's just I weird don't because that's when they started winning. Right. Is when they asked him to get benched. Well, and the other thing is, it's like, you're so sure he's going to get hurt? Like, you thought that, did you think that at the beginning of the year? Were you worried about it at the beginning of the year? I mean, why not? At, why not? Why not do that earlier in the season? Why would you do it now? Why would you do it in the middle of the year? Why not after seventy twenty? <laughs> yeah, There's a lot of questions. Right? Being asked that time. Why not do it then? If you're gonna, did the answer me this? Did the Bronco were the Broncos still mathematically in it before the Patriots game? Yes. Were they still mathematically in it after the Patriots game? Barely. Okay, but they there was still a chance. They had to be, they had to win those last three games to like make to, they were like an eighty percent chance if they won all three. But why, then why make the move then? If you're if you think Russ, if you think you can make the playoffs and you have a chance, then you're right. Why not make the move back in the Miami game? It looks like this is the worst thing that we've ever seen, and Russ is bad, and defense was obviously really bad. But maybe that would have been a bad message. We gave up seventy. It's Russ's fault. And we're benching him. Three, so that's still like. Our season's not done yet, but then you go into the next month and it's, okay, our season's teetering, are we going to tank or not? And then you win two games and it's, hey, that was a weird time. something. The timing of it was the one of the worst things for the Broncos on that side. So, uh, t- yeah, they had to win both games after New England and had to have the Chief lose both. But there was still mathematically a chance. And I don't think, dude, listen, I do not believe that Jared Stidham is better and gives you a, a, a spark over Russell Wilson. I don't. The big belief is that they're, my belief is that they're the same guy. The offense looked the exact same. 50 minutes after the hour, it's the whole show powered by Chevron. We'll be right back. Football season is over. It's all over. But college basketball is heating up. Here are UNC Bears, Hoops, and Westwood One's coverage of college basketball and Northern Colorado's voice. 103.1 and 1310 KFKA. It's Jerry Schimmel, the voice of the Colorado Rockies and formerly voice of the UNC Bears, and you're listening to The Whole Show. Oh, did you see Russ's workout video, Angel? Married to this game is what he wrote doing hockey drills again? Now he's on one foot, standing on something, and they're throwing a ball back to him. He's working out with Brandon Marshall. So they must have did their podcast and said, let's go grab a workout. So Russ is standing on one leg, and they're throwing him a ball, and he's throwing it back. I, I like That stuff doesn't bother me as much as it bothers a lot of people, but it is pretty funny because Sean doesn't like that kind of stuff. And right after this podcast, let's go put another workout video out there. Does Russ get it? He knows that that was a point of frustration for a lot of people. And now other teams are thinking about whether or not they're going to pick him up as a free agent when he gets released. Um, does he get it? Well, maybe cool it. I don't, I don't know. Maybe don't do the whole podcast thing. Is Russ going to be worth the trouble anymore? That's the question. Is he going to be worth the trouble? Um, it's it, Dixon says it's really not that hard. They decided around the time of the Kansas City game that they were going to move on. They made the request to try and save money in case he got hurt. Thus, the threat of benching. And if he did get hurt, he would 
have even less trade value. It's that simple, which is why it's a ridiculous ask. Again, I don't think the ask was ridiculous. I think the timing was weird. I will go there. Uh, Texter here from the 970. I think Russ is telling a partial truth that lacks context. My guess is that it was more like this. Quote, we don't see a future for you here and are worried about you getting injured. But to improve your trade value as well as your chances of finding another job, you need to play. But for us to feel comfortable with you playing, we need to waive that injury clause. Otherwise, you'll need to sit. Probably something like that. That's not far off. That's a good text. I got a lot of texts coming in. I'll get to them on the other side. I got the big story of the day. A big-name quarterback just hit the trade market, Angel. What does it mean? We'll talk about it next.